0: AM, Frisco so, Dallas Particip
1: participation at the altar, receive the most holy body and blood of your son, may be filled with every
0: grace and heavenly blessing. Remember also, Lord, your servants, who have gone before us with the sign of faith, and rest in the sleep of peace. Grant them, O Lord, we pray, and all who sleep in Christ a place of refreshment, light, and peace. To us also, your servants who, those sinners, hope in your abundant mercies graciously grant some share and fellowship with your holy apostles and martyrs, with John the Baptist, Stephen, Matthias, Ignatius, Alexander, Marcellinus, Peter, Felicity, Perpetua, Agatha, Lucy, Agnes, Cecilia, Anastasia, and all your saints. Admit us, we beseech you into their company, not weighing our merits, but gaining us your pardon. Through Christ our Lord.
1: Through whom you continue to make all these good things, O Lord, you sanctify them, The Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, our Lord, Lord, art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation deliver difference? us from evil. deliver us lord we pray from every evil graciously grant peace in our days that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our savior jesus christ for the, for the kingdom amen. power and glory are yours now Be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy to enter under my roof, but only say word in my soul. soul. God that just as the Savior of the world born this day is the author of divine generation for us so he may be the giver of eternal, even of immortality who lives and reigns forever and ever Ah.
0: before the final blessing allow me to express our collective gratitude to Cardinal Blitman Gregory for being with us on this Christmas day. Cardinal Gregory is the Archbishop of Washington and the chairman of the National Shrine Board of Trustees. I'm also grateful to Father Ismael Ayala, our Director of Liturgy, Dr. Peter Latona and our choir for making today's Mass a beautiful celebration of our Lord's birth. Yes, sure, yeah. They make it look easy, but it's really hard work. I also welcome our friends who join us at home through our live stream broadcast, the eternal world television network, the Catholic channel of Sirius XM Radio, and we are One Body Radio. To each and every one of you, those gathered here in Mary's Shrine and those who join us at home, it is the prayer of each of us that through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, you'll have every blessing this Christmas and throughout the new year. The Lord be with you.
2: And with your spirit.
1: Bow down for the blessing. May the God of infinite goodness, who by the incarnation of his Son has driven darkness from the world and by that glorious birth has illumined this most holy day, drive far from you the darkness of vice and illumine your hearts with the light of virtue. Amen. May God who willed that the great joy of his son's saving birth be announced to shepherds by the angel fill your minds with the gladness he gives and make you heralds of his gospel. Amen. And may God who brought the, who by the incarnation brought together the heavenly and the earthly and the heavenly realm fill you with the gift of his peace and favor and make you sharers with the church in heaven. Amen. And may almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your
3: life. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God.
0: This is the EWTN Global Catholic
4: ...lives all the more. To give a soft answer, to laugh at ourselves, to always be grateful till everyone tells that Christ is born in their hearts as well. And that would mean more to him. Take pleasure in beauty, in truth, and in wonder. Bring hope to the world that seems gone asunder. Give meaning to suffering and comfort to hearts. To multiply good so pain can depart. His light in the darkness gives glory much more. Christmas is amazing, so what does that mean? We give gifts, we love, we worship the King. We rejoice, celebrate, declare, and proclaim. We make merry times because love is our aim. So while you're enjoying your family and friends... Remember who brought you the love that never ends. Jesus is the love of God born that holy night. Let him now come alive through your Christian life. Merry Christmas to all. Let's bring love to new heights. This is Colleen Kelly Mast of EWTN's Mast Appeal. Wishing you Christ's love this Christmas.
5: We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Good tidings we bring to you and your King. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a
0: David Arroyo brings his New Orleans jazz roots and well honed dramatic talents to a toe-tapping, heartwarming, all-new classic Christmas album, Merry and Bright, available now at EWTNRC.com. Mother Angelica answering the call. Hello? Hello, Mother. Where are you from?
6: To what, Wyoming? And what is your question? Uh, Mother, I was wondering, what is the best way to discern my vocation to the priesthood? well the best way to discern your vocation to the priesthood is do you want to be a priest do you feel called that's important we are called to be priests we are called to be religious we are called to be married we're called to be single we are called by god if you feel called by god to be a priest you feel that very strongly then you need to make every effort to be one. You need to make up your mind. you want to be an order priest? And what kind of an order, Franciscan? Do you want to be a hermit? Do you want to be a trappist? Do you want to be a diocesan priest? What kind of priest do you want to be? If you want to be a diocesan priest, then the first thing you do is go to the Chancery and find out. I know many girls that wanted, always wanted to be religious, but when they live religious life they can't, they can't take it. So they're not called. But whatever call you have, you're called to holiness for sure. Everybody is. Married, single, priest, religious, we're all called to be holy. So I would think if you discerned, are you called? If you are, then you got to take the next step. And as you go along, you'll, you'll know whether you're called by God or not.
0: Father Joseph, Mary, and I mine decades of viewer phone calls answered by the one and only Mother Angelica every Sunday at 2 and 8 p.m. Eastern on Mother Angelica Answering the Call, only on EWTN Radio. EWTN. The Global Catholic Network.
4: You're listening to the 48 Hours of Christmas
7: on EWTN Radio.
2: Welcome to Stories from the Heart's Christmas Special. I'm Sandra McDevitt. The donkey's hooves are now quiet. The holy family has reached Bethlehem. Suddenly, the quiet night is filled with angelic voices proclaiming glory to God in the highest. Find an easy chair, brew a cup of tea, and listen for Christmas carols, a poem about the manger that first Christmas Eve, stories, and more on the delightful Christmas special. FATHER CHRISTMAS I can remember when Christmas trees were first introduced into England, and what wonderful things we thought of them. When I was eight years old, I had not seen a Christmas tree, and the first picture of one I ever saw was the picture of one held by old Father Christmas in my godmother's picture book. What are those things on the tree, I asked. Candles, said my father. No, not the candles, the other things. Oh, toys. Are they ever taken off? Yes, and given to children. Patty and I grasped each other by the hand and with one voice murmured, How kind of old Father Christmas. By and by I asked, How old is Father Christmas? My father laughed and said, Oh, about 1,900 years old. Oh, then he's older than Methuselah. November and December went by, and still the picture book kept all its charm for Patty and me, and we pondered on and loved old Father Christmas, as children can love and realize a fanciful friend. To those who remembered the fancies of their childhood, I need say no more. Christmas week came, and then Christmas Eve. My father and mother were mysteriously and unaccountably busy in the parlor, and Patty and I were not allowed to go in. We went into the kitchen, but even here was no place of rest for us. Kitty was making cakes and mince pies and puddings, and she observed, there was no place there for children and books to sit with their toes in the fire. So we went outside. I rather hoped to see something of Dick, for it was holiday time. But he was busy helping his father to bore holes in the carved seats of the church, which were to hold sprigs of holly for the morrow. They made one feel as if the old black wood were bursting into life and leaf again just for Christmas. Well, Dick was busy and not to be seen. We ran across the little yard and looked over the wall at the end to see if we could see anything or anybody. From this point there was a little hill about three-quarters of a mile distant. The hill was now covered with snow and stood off against the gray sky. The white fields looked vast and dreary in the dusk. The only thing to be seen were berries on the holly hedge in the little lane, which, running by the end of our yard, led up to the great hall. Suddenly, Patty cried, Look! I looked an old man was coming along the lane. His hair and beard were as white as cotton wool. He had a face like the sort of an apple that keeps well for winter. His coat was old and brown. There was snow about him in patches and he carried a small fir tree. The same conviction seized us both. With one breath we exclaimed, It's old Father Christmas! I know now "'but it was only an old man of the place "'with whom we did not happen to be acquainted, "'and he was taking a little fir tree up to the great hall "'to be made into a Christmas tree. "'He was a very good-humored old fellow, "'but rather deaf, "'for which he made up for by smiling and nodding his head a good deal "'and saying, "'Aye, aye, to be sure,' at likely intervals. "'As he passed us and met our earnest gaze, he smiled.' "'Good evening, Father Christmas.' "'Same to you,' said he. (gasps) "'Then you are, Father Christmas,' said Patty. "'You're very old, aren't you?' "'So I be, so I be,' said Father Christmas. "'Father says you're 1,900 years old.' "'Ay, to be sure,' said Father Christmas. "'I'm long ago.' After a pause, he held up the tree. "'Do you know what this is?' "'A Christmas tree,' said Patty.' And the old man smiled. But there are no candles. By and by, said Father Christmas. When it's dark, they'll be all lighted up. That'll be a fine sight. Toys, too? Father Christmas nodded his head. And sweeties, he said. I could feel Patty trembling, and my own heart beat fast. The thought which agitated us both was this. Was Father Christmas bringing the tree to us? when the old man shouldered his tree and prepared to move on i cried out in despair oh are you going i'm coming back by and by he said well how soon cried patty about four o'clock said the old man i'm only going up yonder up yonder well that puzzled us father christmas had pointed but so indefinitely that he might have been pointing to the sky or the fields or the little wood I thought the latter and suggested to Patty that perhaps he had some place underground like Aladdin's cave where he got the candles and the things for the tree. The idea pleased us both, and we amused ourselves by wondering what Old Father Christmas would choose for us from his stores and that wonderful cave where he dressed his Christmas tree. I wonder, Patty said I. Why, there's no picture of Father Christmas's dog in the book. For at the old man's heels in the lane crept a little brown and white spaniel. When we went indoors, we examined the picture book, but no dog there. My father passed us at the moment. Father, said I, I don't know, but I think old Father Christmas is going to bring us a Christmas tree tonight. Who's been telling you that, said my father, smiling. Well, we sat on the stairs and watched the big clock, which I was just starting to read, and Patty made herself giddy with constantly looking up and counting the four strokes toward which the hour hand slowly moved. We put our noses into the kitchen now and then to smell the cakes or to get warm. At last the church clock struck. The sound boomed heavily through the frost, and Patty thought there were four of them, Then, after due choking and worrying, our own clock struck, and we counted the strokes quite clearly. One, two, three, four. Then, we ran out to the backyard. We ran to the old place and peeped, but could see nothing. We better get up on the wall, I said. I was just struggling under patty when something warm was against my calves. It was the little brown and white spaniel. And he persisted in licking me and jumping on me and making curious little noises that must have meant something if one had known his language. Then he transferred his attention to Patty. When he had jumped at her and licked her several times, he turned around and ran off. He was back again and crouching at Patty's feet and glaring at her with eyes the color of his ears. Now Patty was very fond of animals and when the dog looked at her and she looked at the dog she said to me he wants us to go with him the spaniel sprang away and went off fast as he could and patty and i went after him a dim hope crossing my mind perhaps father christmas has sent for us the idea was rather favored by the fact he led us up the lane only a little way that he stopped by something lying in the ditch and once more we cried in the same breath, It's old Father Christmas! Returning from the hall, the old man had slipped upon a bit of ice and lay stunned in the snow. I'll fetch Father! My father and Kitty were soon on the spot. Kitty was as strong as a man, and they carried Father Christmas between them into the kitchen, where he quickly revived. For our part, We felt sadly anxious about the tree. Otherwise, we could have wished for no better treat than to sit at Kitty's round table taking tea with Father Christmas. Our usual fare of thick bread was tonight exchanged for a delicious variety of cakes. Well, there we sat, helping old Father Christmas to tea and cake and wondering in our hearts what could have become of the tree. Patty and I found out a delicacy in asking old Father Christmas about the tree. It was not until he had tea three times round that Patty said very gently, It's quite dark now. Burning anxiety came over me, and I leaned forward. I suppose the candles are being lit on the tree? Just about putting them on, said Father Christmas. And the presents, too? asked Patty. Aye, to be sure, said Father Christmas. I was thinking what further questions I might ask, whereupon he pushed the cup towards Patty and said, Since you are so pressing me, I'll take another cup of tea. So we had to devote ourselves to the duties of the table, and Patty, holding the lid with one hand and pouring with the other, supplied Father Christmas's wants with a heavy heart. Then, father put his head into the kitchen and made this remarkable statement Old Father Christmas has sent a tree to the young people Patty and I uttered a cry of delight and we forthwith danced around the old man saying how kind of you which I think must have bewildered him but he only smiled and nodded come along said my father and he went into the parlor and we all followed him my godmother's picture of a Christmas tree was very pretty, but the picture was nothing compared to the reality. We had been sitting almost in the dark, for as Kitty said, firelight is quite enough to burn at mealtimes. And when the parlor door was thrown open and the tree with lighted tapers on all the branches burst upon our view, the blaze was dazzling and threw such a glory around the little gifts and the bags of colored muslin and the candies as I shall never forget. We all got something, and Patty and I, at any rate, believed that the things came from the stores of Old Father Christmas. We were not undeceived even when he received a bag of old clothes. The old man died about a week afterward, so we never made his acquaintance. When he was buried, his little dog came to us. I suppose he remembered the hospitality he had received. Patty adopted him, and he was very faithful. I had hoped during our rambles together the following summer that he would lead us at last to the cave where Christmas trees are dressed, but he never did. Our parents often spoke of his late master as old Reuben, but children are not easily disabused of a favored fancy, and in Patty's thoughts and in mine, the old man was long gratefully remembered as Old Father Christmas."
8: Christmas Eve, The cows would admit they were slightly confused at the way that their manger was about to be used. The sheep could acknowledge they didn't understand the presence of this woman, this child, and this man. The donkeys and the horses were all a bit lost. They believed they should welcome, but just at what cost? strangers in the stable, taking up space, and now so many people all over the place. People arrived with some strange-smelling herbs and loud voices, they thought, got the baby disturbed. But the baby slept on, untroubled by fame, from all of these strange people revering his name. So the cows and the sheep, they decided they liked This sweet and adorable young little tyke. They vowed to protect him, whatever the cost, from soldiers to swindlers and even getting lost. That night in the stable, they came to believe in all that had happened that first Christmas Eve.
7: Stay my cradle till morning is
2: nigh. Catherine Doherty's Memory of the First Church Bells When I was a little girl, my mother used to tell me that if I was good during the holy season of Advent, and wanted to offer my little acts of charity to the Christ child, then sometime during Advent, at first very faintly, and then quite clearly, I would hear bells, and as she put it, the first church bells. These are the bells around the neck of the little donkey that carried Our Lady. For mother explained that Our Lady carried Our Lord, and she was the temple of the Holy Spirit, the first church as it were. Since Christ reposed in her, and the donkey carrying Our Lady and sounding his bells as he walked, had the first church bells. Around the second week of Advent, Mother wore a little bracelet that had tinkling bells. I got excited because I associated them with the donkey's bells. During the third week of Advent, Mother's bracelet miraculously grew and got more bells. The sound grew louder and louder as Christmas approached. It was wonderful to hear the little donkey bells. Catherine later wrote a poem about the first church bells and the little donkey. Is your heart quiet, your mind at rest in Nazareth? Then listen. It will take a while, but you will hear the clearest sound of the first church bell. You have to be very quiet and full of peace. The sound will first be slight and distant. It will travel slow, but then quite suddenly it will sound clear, as if it were quite near. If your soul is ready, then you will see a little donkey full of humility with little bells around his neck. The sound, so clear now, will take you in and lift you up, and then you will know that God's first church bells were the ones the donkey wore around his neck. The Man Who Wanted to Go Home Another Christmas was coming, toy commercials, holiday specials on television, and here I was, an old man spending another evening in front of the television. Why, Lord, I asked him for the thousandth time, why won't you just go ahead and take me home? Ninety-three years is long enough on this earth. I've lived a full life, and I can't see where I'm much good to you or anyone else. When my wife was alive, it was different. But Bessie had been gone now seven years, and lately it was getting harder and harder to go through the motions. Christmas, for example. I hadn't even bothered to get the big tree out of the box in the attic. On the screen now were pictures of the Salvation Army shelter in downtown, part of a series of homelessness at Christmas. There are over 200 women sleeping here tonight, the announcer said. I sure felt sorry for those people, but I hardly had enough money to cover my own expenses, much less make a donation. At about 10 o'clock, I went to bed. Instead of falling asleep, I kept seeing those women at the shelter. I'd always given to the poor when I was able, and surely it was someone else's turn now. But that news report wouldn't let me alone. There were those women needing help, Just like me, I thought. I sat up in bed. What if two needy folks were to put together their needs? What if one of those women were to come and live here, take care of the house, in exchange for a place to live? The next morning, I telephoned the shelter. If you're serious, the manager said, I'll ask around. A few days after Christmas, he called back. Would you consider taking in a married couple? "'Well, now, I hadn't counted on two people. "'It's such a small house, I apologized. "'Hardly big enough for one. "'What I was thinking,' the man went on, "'was that the wife could keep house "'and the husband could look after the yard. "'As for the size of the room, "'I'm sure anything with a door in it "'would look like a palace to them right now. "'I think I've got the perfect couple, "'Tony and Pam Davis.' Both the Davises had lost their jobs, unable to meet rent payments, they'd been evicted from their home, and ended up sleeping at the shelter at night and job hunting during the day. It's hard to impress an employer wearing wrinkled clothing. Send them on over, I said. We'll give it a try. It looked as though it was going to work. Pam was a little shy, but before the week was out, we were chatting like old friends. About three months into their stay, Pam said she needed to talk to me. Oh, no, I thought. She's going to tell me they're moving out now that Tony has a job. I know I should have told you from the beginning, she said, but I was afraid you wouldn't let us stay. I'm going to have a baby. So that was it. Well, you're right about one thing, I said. I hadn't counted on three of you, that's for sure. But I certainly can't let you go out. Not when you're pregnant. A baby, I thought. Where would I put a baby? I know there's not much room here, Pam said, as if reading my thoughts. But if we move the dresser out of the room, I'm sure we could squeeze in a small crib. The months flew by. Pam shifted the tiny room around to sandwich a crib between the bed and the wall. Well, before I knew it, a red-haired baby got named Sabrina and she arrived. Soon she was three months old, and then four, and then five. And soon it was the middle of December, almost Christmas. I was sitting in the living room one evening reading the second chapter of Luke, as I always did at this time of year. And she brought forth her firstborn son and laid him in a manger, because there was no room at the inn. Now the winter wind was beating at the old windows and sweeping through the newspapers that Pam had stuffed into the cracks. I got up and stoked the fire in the wood stove. Had to keep the place warm for the baby. You know, I told myself, if we slid the couch back against the wall, i believe there'd be room for a playpen in here. Can't keep a growing child cooped up in a bedroom. I walked over to the stairs. Tony and Pam, I called. Is something wrong, said Pam? You bet something's wrong, I said. Here it is, almost Christmas, and we don't have a tree up. We thought about that, Tony said, but trees are expensive. That's so, I agreed, but I happen to know where there's a beautiful tree just waiting to be put up. It's in a box in the attic, and when it's standing tall and grand with its colored lights, well, you never saw anything so pretty in your whole life. With a child in the house, we have to have a Christmas tree. Tony and Pam ran up the rickety stairs to the attic and dragged down the bulky box. After the tree was up, I switched on the lights, and I sat back and enjoyed the oohs and ahs. Pam went up and got the baby, and I held the baby while Pam got the bottle ready. I felt kind of awkward after all it had been some time since I conversed with a young child. Sabrina studied my face, and for a moment I thought she was going to cry, but instead she broke into a laugh and reached a chubby little hand towards my cheek. The touch of her hand made me think of another child born in Christmas so many years ago. I looked at Tony arranging candles in the window and listened to Pam humming a carol out in the kitchen, and I whispered a prayer to the one above who has our times in his keeping. Thank you, Lord, for letting me see another Christmas, for leaving me here, though I fussed and fretted. Sometimes it takes a baby to remind an old man What your world is all about. Thank you for joining us in Stories from the Hearts Christmas Special. Old Father Christmas by J. E. Ewing. From the Christmas Book of Children's Stories. The First Christmas Bells, Catherine Doherty's book, Donkey Bells. That First Christmas Eve, read by Isabella McDevitt. The Man Who Wanted to Go Home, Jimmy Compton, Guidepost Magazine. Adeste Fidelis and Away in the Manger, sung by the Cherney Family Singers. Background Music, David Phillips. I'm Sandra McDevitt wishing you a very happy and holy Yuletide season.
0: You're listening to EWTN Radio.
3: Deacon Harold Burke Sivers talks about Psalm 51. This was a psalm written by King David after his transgression with Bathsheba. Remember, the prophet Nathan came to him and called him out on his sin. And David repented before the Lord, and he wrote this psalm. And this is the psalm that I use in preparation to receive the sacrament of reconciliation. So while I'm in the line, waiting to receive those beautiful sacrament of mercy, healing, and forgiveness, I recite the first couple verses of Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O God. According to your merciful love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash me completely from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sins. Just like when you're dirty, you have to take a shower to get clean, right? And so when we dirty ourselves in our sin, we wash ourselves in the water of God's mercy in that piercing mystery of, of that flow from God's side on that cross by receiving Christ into us in that beautiful sacrament that allows us, that opens us to receive more deeply and worthily the most blessed sacrament of the Eucharist. I encourage you, pray Psalm 51 the next time you're preparing to receive the sacrament of reconciliation, this beautiful sacrament of God's divine mercy.
0: I am Doug Keck, EWTN's President and Chief Operating Officer, wishing you a very blessed Christmas for your whole family, from all of us here at EWTN Radio. Proclaiming the faith, changing lives. The year is 2019. EWTN launches Asi Africa, a Nairobi, Kenya-based Catholic news agency, which will publish in English, French, and Portuguese for the African continent. To learn more about Mother Angelica's life and the history of EWTN, visit EWTN.com slash Mother Angelica. Touching hearts with inspirational programs on the saints, the Holy Eucharist, and Sacred KATH 910A.